0: are now listening to hint of lemon hey welcome to hint of lemon again my name is mark and this is my official podcast it's crazy so today um just to start it off strong i have a special guest I've known this guy for, fuck, dude, how how long? 20 plus years? 20 plus, man. 23 at least. 23, 24, oh. something like that. I don't know. The thing is that we've known each other for so long. I mean, yeah. this, guy is, this guy is basically my brother. Yeah. And just right off the bat, like, fuck, I feel like we've seen each other grow in, like, awkward stages. And, you know, from <laughs> basketball days all the way to, you know, you performing and then, I'm just one of the groupies in the back just supporting my boy. Like fuck. Like that's how far we made it. And yeah. so yeah, I'm I feel like we're just gonna have a good conversation and just talk about life. I mean, we've done this before, so I'm not worried at all. So let's just jump into it. What's what's social media that you want to plug? You wanna yeah. plug in your uh SoundCloud, all that?
1: Everything on, on on my social is Michael Manuel V. SoundCloud, Instagram, YouTube. It's Michael. Manuel, M A N U E L V,
0: for my last name. There so, yeah, you go. So, for sure, you'll definitely see like his evolution in music, especially, which is one of the reasons why I invited you on here. But, um, no, let's just, let's just catch up. Like, how's this pandemic treating you? Cause this shit is on lockdown again, unfortunately. Bro. I know we're, we're going
1: to be honest. We're going to be authentic. Um, it's been rough, man. Like, unemployed life has been rough. And, um, just trying to um find ways to cope with it yeah to find you know find time to do things but um i I have finally been getting more clients and i've been able to do more of that stuff and getting back into music which is a big thing like i'm sure you saw i posted like i'm taking vocal lessons again so i'm just slowly trying to get back to a, a set schedule i guess
0: yeah and so for everyone listening mike's uh a boxing trainer right yeah. or as well as he's records his own music and just overall musician you know every instrument i can think of i don't, I don't even know <laughs> what you i don't even know what the updated list is anymore because i feel like you play everything um but no like what do you mean about like time because i feel like personally i feel like there's so much time but when i break it down i'm wasting so I'm wasting my time on top of that, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Man. Like,
0: I I work remotely, so I guess that's part of my day. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. When I really look at it, like, I'm I'm not really doing as much. Like, I'm just wasting time. What do you yeah. mean by, like, time is uh, you feel like you don't have as much time or what?
1: It's exactly what you just said, man. It's, I have days where I feel like I'm just wasting away. I'm just yeah. rotting. I mean, and it's like, I try to be productive. I wake up and I'm just in a slump. I'm just in a funk. Yeah. I push things over to the next day. You know, the procrastination is so real, man. Oh, I hear you. And like the low key, man, the depression is so real, especially with like 4 p.m. The sun's out. Especially now. Yeah. yeah. And then this morning it was just fog. Actually, I kind of like the fog out of school. Yeah. But seasonal depression is real, man. Like having too much time on my hands, it it kind of makes things like, when i'm busy as hell like i'm yeah. sure you've noticed too, was like before pre-covid i was working 50 hours a week yeah i everything was just go 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 the momentum was strong i was always up to something yeah and now that that halted there's like no momentum it's like that feeling of inertia right and i'm sure you're feeling that too yeah. uh, that's kind of where it's been
0: like that's a thing i feel like especially how you put it like your routine has been thrown off and granted it's been like what like since March I don't, I don't even want to count anymore like I just stop keeping track how long it's been but like for example having I don't I don't even think I have a routine down now um it's terrible because I feel like I've been regressing personally so like I would get up for work I remember when it started I'd get up for work and be like, "All right, let me go downstairs, make some breakfast, you know, cuz that was part of my real work daily routine." Yeah. But then obviously as it prolonged, it's like if I'm real, <laughs> I'll fucking wake up, grab my laptop while I'm laying down and like <laughs> spend my first hour in bed. Yeah. doing work. But that, that shit is cool. real though, you know what I mean? It's so real, man. Yeah. And it sucks. And then obviously that looks different for everybody, but you know, sure.
1: Man, now now that you say that, man, I can be honest too. Like I've been going to bed at like mm. two AM, three yeah. three AM. When waking up at like ten and eleven, yeah. I'll stay in bed for an hour, like you said. Just yeah. on my phone. And it's like the the last the night before, um, I'll even like journal out. Okay, I'm gonna wake up early, yeah. I'm gonna go yeah. for a run, I'm gonna go for a walk, whatever and it doesn't happen
0: (laughs) but sometimes it's okay though because like you just have to prepare yourself mentally i think that's the reality of right now um obviously i feel like we're more aware of ourselves and you know what we do need because at some point i had i literally had to stop myself and be like what why do i feel so stressed out like the day Mm -hmm. is literally not as jam-packed as but compared to, like what's in my head like I'm like I need to do this this and this but I'm yes. like dude life is slower now yeah like it's okay to just take a breather because you know mentally yeah. everyone is just dealing with something yeah i think that needs to be heard i think yeah. part of my anxiety is the feeling that i need to constantly be doing something
1: oh. and
0: no but a lot of people can agree with that just just feeling like uh you have a to-do list but The pandemic obviously kind of requires you to pause at life. but Yeah. um, Well, you kind of mentioned it, but I guess what are some habits that you've obtained? It doesn't have to be good or bad. I mean, (laughs) I've gained a lot of bad ones for sure. One thing that <laughs> I, I'll start
1: with something positive, I guess. Okay. Um, okay. I've gotten to the habits of going on walks, of, of jogging, mm. of trying to get squeeze a workout in, like at least three times a week, at least, eight. and then um, drinking more water because I just have the time to drink water. But like some bad habits, um, I'm sure we we can get into the, it later. And and that was partly due to the fact that I was um, drinking more. You know, like yeah. I, I drink way more. Well, not anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a phase where I was drinking way more, but now it kind of moved on to weed. No, <laughs> so yeah, not yeah. smoking more weed, yeah. and um, it's it's I obviously just do it now to to relax, to wind out at the end of the day, right. and to go to sleep. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like it's really hard to not develop those addictive things when you have so much time on your hands. Like I know a few people who've relapsed. Uh, you know, like m- me along with like most of the people I know have gained right. weight right. and uh, yeah, it's just trying to hold on to trying to develop and hold on to new good habits is what I'm having trouble with.
0: So let's just talk about our friendship. Yeah. So we've known each other for what? Roughly 24 years. I don't know, dude. I didn't, I don't know the math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. When yeah. yeah. In kindergarten technically. Technically in kindergarten, yeah. Yeah, so what's your, what do you remember how we first met? Like, I'm pretty sure my story is different from yours, but I'm curious.
1: I, I just remember, um, like, I still had an accent because I was still, like, you know, obviously I live with my parents, and yeah. I, re- I remember, I think it was you, like, we, we were talking in Tagalog, like, we we could say some things to each other in Tagalog, and I was, I was like, uh, I mean, to give a background, like, our our class was like, I think like we were like majority minority because it was like a Catholic school. Yeah. You you get lots of like you know, Hispanic and Asian. Yeah. Filipino specifically, so, um yeah I just remember like oh snap there's a lot of Filipinos here, yeah. and I could talk to somebody in, in like Tagalog like we know a few words. I think that's that's, I want to say that was you like, we shared. I forget what words, I, I think we're saying like animal names, like we're saying dog and cat oh. and like snake, like Aso, Pusa and stuff like that. Okay.
0: I, I don't remember that, but, my you view, don't remember that? Okay. but mine's different from, because I remember my oldest memory with you. I mean, it's, I don't think I was a bad kid, but I guess I was stupid in kindergarten because there's so <laughs> many stories. Um, yeah, Maybe that kind of shocked me into being a a, a good kid. I don't know who knows. But I remember we were on the playground, yeah, and it was in the cage, so it was like by the monkey bars. The cage. And I remember it so clearly because I got in trouble for it. Oh um, shit! So it 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 involved you and Dorothy, and I remember it's funny that you're saying like the Tagalog thing because uh, the thing that I got in trouble for was. I remember I was like just saying random shit and I was like, you're Bakla, you're Bakla. <laughs> and I remember I no. said it to, I'm pretty sure I said it to Dorothy and you thought I said it to you. And like, <laughs> I think my mind was in that mindset because uh, I think I just came from the Philippines yeah. and I was just kind of tainted from that because I was like, what, six years old? Yeah. And mind you, that's like the last time I went to the PI. And um, I remember. I got in trouble because your aunt came up to my dad or mom, whoever at, cause they would use, they used to wait for us as we um, got out for school and they're like, yeah. Oh, we need to talk to you. Mark was calling Michael Buckla Cause you like ratted oh, me out or some shit. Yeah, And then I remember I was like, no, I said it to that other girl, Dorothy. <laughs> Either way, it didn't make sense. Cause I was like, I was just being a fucking hater. And I feel like since then, I mean, I'm sure we played a lot together on the playground, but then it, it became into like basketball and like, you know, going to your house and whatnot. And then, then obviously like, that's how we got along right away.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. Like, yeah. We played a lot of basketball for sure. I don't remember that, but I do no, remember being that's... a little snitch. I moved, I remember. I mean, I would... we
0: were all snitches, but that was like, uh... yeah, it was your tita. Yeah. She is mom. Yeah. She is mom. Yeah that was my distinct memory and then i was like from then on i was just kind of like oh this guy just happened to be one of my closest friends which is yeah. kind of ironic how <laughs> that's also. how it starts dude. yeah <laughs> that's super funny man um so kind of i guess obviously we were pretty close growing up because we went to the same grade school and then high school and you know we were pretty close in college too you know grad, you know we went to different colleges but yeah. I guess what are some memorable moments or maybe funny moments that just kind of come to mind? Good times. Uh,
1: man, I I think of all the times that we were in basketball camp together, and that uh, shit fucking sucked.
0: Fuck, and just gave me PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. About it?
1: <laughs> I just remember like uh, you cramping, and then like me that helping you bad. get. That was bad. <laughs> and, and then. Oh, my God. And, like, feeling like throwing up after, after the end of basketball camp.
0: Tell the goddamn story. That was bad. <laughs> it
1: was just, they were just pushing us too hard, man. Like, man, Mount Lake Terrace High, though, I miss those days. Oh, yeah, I still have yeah. the, the shirt and, and the basketball That uh, was, what, shorts. middle
0: school? Pre-middle school? I forgot.
1: Yeah. Something like that. I think pre-middle school basketball camp. Or, or middle school basketball camp. Somewhere yeah. around there.
0: No, those are good times. Because I remember, like... I mean, after we do that, I feel like I was more looking forward to just, like, kicking it after (laughs) because it was, like, like a reason for all, like, us friends to get together because I know, like, Patrick, I think Patrick was part of that camp, too, the the MLT one. And then, yeah, then for high school, we tried out, and I feel like that's where I died inside physically and mentally. Oh, my God.
1: Bro, I, I at that point I didn't even want to make the team. I yeah. was like that was one of my worst
0: basketball memories. <laughs> and uh just to clarify, he's talking about when I cramped. So I guess I worked so hard. I remember it was also because I was wearing double socks, so my feet oh, okay. were on fire. I was definitely I'm very infamous for having cramps because I'm I usually get dehydrated and I don't that's why I started eating like bananas and salt. But I remember you Gave me a ride home like your parents. Yeah. And then I remember I knew I was fucked when I tried to get out of the car and my legs just fucking locked up. And I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) And this is what? Second day of basketball tryouts or some shit? Second fucking day, yeah. And after that, I was like, fuck. This is not, I mean, it's not as embarrassing because I knew you guys, but I was like, dude, this just is, this is the end of my basketball career. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. In high school. Fuck.
1: I, I just remember people always thought you and me were the same person like everyone called yeah. me mark everyone yeah. fucking called me mark and <laughs> another memory too uh is like whenever we play kickball all the time yeah and whenever you were up in line everyone's like back up, back up. So Fuck. Yeah,
0: <laughs> mark had mark had the biggest kicks right he had he had the long distance kicks man that's that's the good old days but you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. Kickball, four-square basketball, <laughs> pizza parties.
0: Pizza parties. Oh, my God. No, but that just shows, like, how... It's funny that we always look back at those times, because I feel like that's where we just had the most fun. Obviously, growing up, it yeah. was fun, but, like, fuck like that. Like, grade school, especially, like, high school. Like, we were, we would kick it super hard, actually.
1: Yeah, man. And I, I think, like, you have... Your guys' family has a really strong sense of family. I don't have a lot of family here, yeah. and I feel like you guys kind of welcome me as one of your own. Like yeah, I remember sure. going to all of your your family parties and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like being treated as like one of the cousins, yeah, and I thought that was sure. cool.
0: I uh, just, especially our parents getting along too. You know, through like yeah. youth group and whatnot, but all of that. Like I said, this is special because we've known each other for so long, and yeah. we've just seen each other grow to remind everybody like one of the main reasons why i invited michael specifically to this podcast is that like just seeing him grow as a person but as an individual because you know um when when we were growing up i feel like michael was a little different i mean i was different in my own way too but like you embraced that too and that's definitely something that i noticed as we grew up you always had and I don't think it was intentional. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like you always had your own lane and you just didn't really give a fuck what other people thought. And yeah. you found your niche through. I remember when you started getting into dancing, because like at some point, like we both enjoyed basketball, but then yeah. you started swaying towards like music and whatnot. Like we were in band together. I re- I fucking fine. remember that. I um, forgot all about band shit. Me too. I do remember just you getting into being more creative. You had the dancing as an outlet, and then obviously music has always been part of your life. And just kind of seeing how music and just being an individual has shaped you in different ways, Mm -hmm. because I've seen you all the way up to just performing, to joining a band, to having your own production and all these things. And so with that being said, I guess, Going back to your childhood, like just tell me about your upbringing and, you know. For sure.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Um, So uh, as a Filipino household, right, you have, you know, my grandparents living with us. You had Chia, that's my cousin and my auntie. So I shared a room with them. Like we had one room where it was just me, Chia, my auntie and my Lola. They were all musical, especially Mm -hmm. my tita, especially my ate they played piano and they sang. And so I was surrounded by that. One thing too, about like staying in your lane, like I felt like, because I was constantly surrounded by women all the time, like it was just mostly women in the household. Um, My dad was always working. I feel like I didn't really have a relationship with my dad at that point. Yeah. But um, I felt like because of that, because I had so much exposure to women, I was a little bit more feminine. I mean, like going back to you, like (laughs) calling me bakla, I don't even remember that. But I remember like other people teasing me for being like feminine or being soft or, yeah. or even like calling me gay and like asking me if I'm gay and shit like that. Yeah, And I just remember there was a, a point, like you said, where it's just like, fuck it. Like, I just got to embrace who I am. Like I do have this creative, like feminine side of me. Yeah. And I think it, it kind of started with like, um, that and also control. It's like, in basketball you play with other players but in a creative world you have control of your environment yeah. and i think because of like you know getting bullied and getting you know called this and called that uh, when i'm creative when i can create when i can use my hands i could you know create my own world and express my own way express yeah. things in my own way
0: right well you mentioned that it's like a, around a lot of women like would you say that kind of it changed the way that you viewed certain things about yourself or did that kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, what am I trying to get at? <laughs> oh,
1: I, 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 100% do. And it's, it's still, it's still kind of has influenced who I am now mm-hmm. and it's like good and bad, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. And it's like, I wish I had someone to teach me how to be a man. You know, I wish my dad was more active in my life at that point. Right. Um, and I wish I had someone to teach me how to stand up for myself because I, I didn't know how to do that back then.
0: Right. You know? Well, kind of going off of that, like, how would you describe yourself as a kid?
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. So as a kid, I was really soft-spoken, really shy, really anxious. Mm-hmm. And part of that was because like, I, I didn't have siblings and most of my interactions were with my family, which are older than me. Right. Um, I didn't have anyone at home to give me feedback. And so without that feedback, I'd be I'd be saying some dumb shit and not know it. You know what I mean? mm. Like, I, I feel like I was just very kind of ignorant and kind of not self aware as a kid. And that led to being, you know, um, kind of outcasted, kind of misunderstood. Mm. And part of it is because I don't know myself, obviously, but right. But at that time,
0: it's, would you say that you feel like you explored a lot of different versions of yourself? Because I feel like, yeah, From an outsider's perspective, I definitely saw that a lot, especially by the time we hit middle school, because, you know, that is a time where I don't know if it's scientific, but uh, usually around middle school, that's where you start realizing like, oh, what am I really into and what can I master? You know, for sure, just like just figuring out yourself. That's where you really start are able to self-reflect. Would you say like that was a time in your life that you really tried to explore who you were?
1: I think that was uh, middle school was a really hard time in my life, mm. and it's it, to be one hundred you man like it's a point in my life that I don't like going back to, yeah, and that I've kind of pushed away because I was a little bit suicidal in in, in middle school, yeah, and I was getting bullied a lot, and I was that middle school was probably the peak of my like self hatred,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and yeah, it was really hard for me and. and like I said, I don't really even go back to those memories because, yeah. like, sometimes I for even like forget that they even existed because you know, like, right. we tend to push those memories away. I was in a really dark place, and you're right. Like, I was trying new things, listening to different kinds of music, um, finding creative outlets. Again, just like finding ways to control like that kind of hurt inside of me, I guess, right. and that translated through like you said the creative outlets
0: and would you say music specifically kind of was your therapy yeah like in Uh, a way like how would you describe music and your relationship with it then
1: um man music I always say this what music saved my life and I found like (laughs) Linkin Park man Linkin Park fucking
0: yeah that was like like fucking cut back then
1: yeah man like music like that that's like not only the lyrics did it resonate with me but like the kind of visceral hard uh, the guitar the drums like right. something about it it gave me that energy it gave me that feeling it gave me like more of a will to keep pushing right. because it kind of inspired me kind of told me like oh there are people out there who feel like me and who get it yeah. struggle obviously builds character and you everyone else who's kind of had a fucked up childhood can relate to others, and when you know you see people who grew up and start like Lincoln Park.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's corny to say this because it's Lincoln Park, but oh. um, like you can sense, you can hear the pain in Chester's voice when he sings. Like R.I.P. Like he battled with depression
0: right. throughout his
1: entire life, but because of his talent, because of of what he was going through, he was able to inspire people and bring people like me out of that funk and yeah. you know keep going. So.
0: No, for sure, and that's definitely relatable because you know, even it's not even like that. You have to be that age to be able to connect with a musician, but yeah. it's just, it's just cool to see that at that age you were able to relate to that type of music and that singer, especially for sure. Yeah. Um. So, kind of going off that, would you say hearing that kind of music has caused a spark in interest in you know? Pursuing that, like where did that come from necessarily? Because I For know you sure. used to take piano lessons, but yeah, um, at some point, like I like I don't know this from an outsider's perspective, but like what sparked you to keep doing that? Obviously, um exploring yourself and your creative side, but what really kept you going at that age? Yeah, man. Or inspired so inspired
1: you, yeah. The first instrument I played was piano. Right. I took piano lessons, like you said, but I yeah. hated piano lessons. Yeah. It was just classical shit. I couldn't read for shit and right. recital. I hated recitals. And Which so
0: is how we all started. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. But every Asian, every Asian yeah. kid grew up with that shit, yeah. but it was when I got a guitar. I really wanted a guitar. My parents got me a guitar. And then that and like learning how to play piano on my own learning chords Um, rather than learning like notes and stuff. And when you start learning by ear and you start playing with feel, it's much different than when you just play one, two, three, four, whatever on the notes. Cause then what I liked, like I said, the visceral feeling of, of heavy guitars and loud drums is that you can really put your, you can really express yourself through those instruments. If you get out of that, um, kind of like box of classical music. Now that I understand the feel I can go back and play classical music with yeah. feel. But like mm-hmm. when you, when you're young and they teach you to play classical music, they don't teach you how to feel. And as someone who's like a who plays music now, you know who gets paid to play music now, you can tell who's classically trained and who it plays with their heart. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think I value more people who play with their heart because it's more of an expression of their soul rather than um, a piece of paper that they're, they're playing off of. Mm. If that makes sense. So my, to answer your question, I guess what kept me going with music is as a soft-spoken kid, as someone who didn't know how to let his voice be heard, mm. it was my way of expressing and it was my raw, like visceral emotion that I was able to channel through a a literal instrument. And I think that's how I, that's why I fell in love with it.
0: And that's really cool that you're saying that. I mean, I'm kind of realizing, I mean, we're pretty similar for the most part in terms of not really knowing how to speak our minds in a way. I mean, I mean, I think obviously we've changed since we were kids, but I think at that point, because um, I'm reflecting on back when I was also 12, 13, whatever. Right. Middle right, school, right, right. Um, I guess my outlet was, you know, basketball, because, you know, yeah. in a way, like basketball is a, a an outlet where I was able to show a different side of myself. And 100. You know, and that's where I was able to kind of practice being a leader or more vocal, because, you know, I wasn't really the same person on the court, mm-hmm. even even like in a rec league or whatever, versus as a person, it's just a different mindset. But, That's um, so real, yeah. Because like for for music, would you say that with different genres, it was kind of a way to express yourself in that? And you you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, music just naturally is you're not just one type of Artists. like for music. It's interesting because there's different genres, but obviously, you have the freedom to explore those different ways. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes like, that's how new music is made, like, it's a combination, would you say that kind of gravitated towards that idea of music? Yes,
1: yes, 100%. Yeah. And because like, I I started off again, I mentioned Linkin Park, but I started off with like emo music, like like emo alternative music. And then also like the R&B, like the the deep cuts like the <laughs> yeah. i was like uh, a hopeless romantic you know yeah, what i mean yeah i'm i'm, I'm no longer a hopeless romantic thank god but i <laughs> well i am so that's. <laughs> <fun. laughs> I, I still get get episodes here and there but like man like uh it's just the feeling man and i and i am a feeler and uh, yeah. you and me refer intuitive people yeah, we are in right. different in different ways for sure. but um yeah man like the, the the feeling that inexplicable feeling mm. was is able to be conveyed through all the different genres of music like you listen to one to convey one another to convey the other right. and i think like you know i had a broad spectrum of music that i liked because i had so many emotions you know oh,
0: that's real though yeah so kind of taking that um fast forward to let's just kind of clump it all together obviously you might have some uh, instances between them but with that kind of mindset of about music and then obviously you're growing as a person just fast forward to today like are there any moments in relation to music or just personally um that kind of inspired or hindered you from pursuing that passion
1: in oh man in music well obviously like parents right filipino parents yeah. you, you've heard this story thousands of times yeah, but
0: we've had a lot of talks about this before yeah for sure yeah but
1: for the immigrant story, our parents came here with barely any money in their pockets. You know, mm-hmm. they they lived in the, the South End where, you know, our, you can only live. Um, I mean, people can look up the history of, of uh, Filipinos, the diaspora to Seattle. But basically, we weren't allowed to live anywhere else but the South End. It was restrictive housing. Yeah. Um, my grandpa came in the first wave. My grandpa's brother, my fault, came from the first wave. My Our parents came from the second wave. But... They, they came all the way here, worked their asses off to become successful. Right. And their kid wants to be a fucking musician. Their yeah. kid wants to be a rock star. Like it didn't settle well with them. And so that obviously was the biggest thing to to stop me. Um, but it was just, music was my passion. And for me, it was what helped me deal with my demons. Mm. You know what I mean? So I continued to pursue it because it was, it was my way to keep going,
0: I guess. And kind of speaking off of that, like, I mean, I'm sure it's different now, but like just having that initial voice in your head of, you know, your parents being like, no, we don't want you to do this. And obviously you probably had a lot of mental battles saying like, oh, maybe I shouldn't pursue music, even as maybe not as a job, maybe not even as a hobby at some point in your life. But would you say there's some defining moments or, like, aha moments that kind of reiterated, like, man, music is for me? Because yeah. from an outsider perspective, I can see that, but I'm curious, like, what your personal experience was. But I can share that after, yeah. So for sure. What are some well, aha moments that kind of nudged you uh, metaphorically, like, hey, keep keep going at it?
1: I think like I, I had, I've always had really low self-esteem, especially back then, and I kind of saw myself as a loser. And you know, like the people around me kind of reinforced that, and you know, called me a loser, called me this, called me that, whatever, whatever. And I believed them. And when I had music, like I said, I had the chance to battle my demons on stage, and it's when I was able to perform in front of people and use the right songs and the right words and the right feel and. And you know this when you watch someone live and if they really feel what they're saying, it makes it believable. It's authentic. And that's mm-hmm. when you, even if they're not the technically best singer, you just feel the emotion, the vibe. It's just better. You can get chills. It becomes a spiritual experience mm-hmm. in, in my experience. But yeah, it's having that performance. I remember my first like debut and yes, Seward take Park. Take me
0: through that. Take me through your first official performance because i'm sure you had a a lot in your garage i remember your setup in your garage was like literally amp uh (laughs) i don't know if you had a drum set but you definitely had like a bunch of amps you had your infamous orange guitar that you upgraded to your electric guitar yes take me through your first official performance and just kind of what happened after that you know
1: yeah man so I had little performances, little recitals here and there, but never like any big performances. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did Pista Sanayun, I did Seward Park and I was 16, 17, no, maybe I was 18. For anyone listening,
0: Pista Sanayun is like a Filipino festival. I mean, big gathering for just all Filipino communities around Seattle. So that's just kind of the background but yeah you so you perform there and getting on that roster i mean i would think it's pretty hard for the most part it's not like they just take on random mini acts you know what i mean so
1: yeah for for like a kid in his teens i think that was a really big deal for me and especially for someone who had low self-esteem right Mm. and coming up on stage and like um I just played the guitar for the first part, and then I I sang the the second part, and the reaction of the crowd, and the way people looked at me, and the way, like, not only that, but being able to let it out, to just leave it out on the stage, and let the emotions go, and, like, sing out, and something about me is, if... You know whoever's listening or if you know me it's i'm so soft-spoken mm-hmm. so much of the time i hear people telling me to speak up or telling me that they, they don't understand what i'm saying yeah and being on stage let me to just let everything out again it's like when you are able to sing with all your heart you feel it in your entire body
0: yeah and it's like an out-of-body experience for sure yeah, yeah. like yeah. it
1: literally resonates reverberates through your body and I I felt this weird power and control that I've never felt before Hmm. over, over myself and also people Hmm. and the, the compliments and all that stuff that I felt afterwards. I, I was like, Oh, like maybe I I am worth something, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like maybe I'm not just this like fuck up kid.
0: And so kind of from then on, obviously you got the confidence, but what kind of drove you to keep, taking those opportunities because i i remember how old are you by that point you i was teenager. 18 18 right so yeah. we were
1: or uh, sorry i wasn't 18 i think i was 17
0: yeah so we we're like almost out of high school but i remember yeah. at that point so that's like what junior senior year yeah something clicked uh from an outsider's perspective you definitely took off as a musician because i definitely remember you taking more opportunities that like a for at school specifically, I remember like during one of, I think it was either an assembly or a, it was during like the freshman retreat. Like I remember you performed and it was like little things like that, where it was like, damn, yo, this guy is going, taking like every opportunity. And then I remember you would play for like mass, like Friday masses or whatnot. And yeah, I think that was when you really started to just your bubble, your bubble got bigger. Like you're just, taking in any opportunity so 100 yeah uh, yeah if you can take me through that like what was your mindset at that point because i can definitely see the confidence growing which was great to
1: see i fucking the only friends i had in high school were you guys right like the asian kids Like i never talked i had a really hard time speaking to white people yeah and i think part of it is because
0: we went to a predominantly white school right we went to
1: we went to a predominantly white school yeah after after going to a majority minority school yeah and I didn't know how to communicate with white people yeah. and white people didn't know how to communicate with me.
0: <laughs> no, that's I mean, that's real. That's not even racist. That's real.
1: Yeah. Just speaking yeah. to somebody
0: from a different culture. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. And I know we we also had a hard time assimilating and yeah. that's why we kind of stuck to ourselves. Right. We had a little Asian table over there, but anyways, it, it was again, my form of communicating because I didn't know how to communicate. Uh-huh and my way of showing people that I am something. And this is something that I, I've always felt, like my low self-esteem had made me feel powerless mm. and my ability to do music has made, given me power. It's made me feel power. Yeah. But because I had been bullied and because of this or that, whatever, whatever, I've always told myself that I wanna use my power for good. Mm. And that's why I wanted to use opportunities to do like praise to do like positive stuff and if i was going to sing it would be a song that meant something to me an Mm -hmm. inspirational song just like you know what chester did for me from lincoln park right so yes that that was my goal to use my powers for good and to inspire people and to to make people who felt maybe depressed or suicidal or whatever to kind of help keep them going because that's what music did for me
0: for sure so we kind of talked about like motivational nudges here right yeah how about moments where you just kind of not necessarily fall flat to the ground but maybe moments where you really considered not playing maybe either performing or just not taking music as a hobby or oh for sure man what are some moments that come to mind
1: there the one there's going to be a lot of haters and and there's going to be a lot of people who,
0: who but that's it's not new to you, you say, especially you know yeah even i feel like maybe looking at it now like it's kind of a blessing in disguise because it's like you already knew how it felt to be an outcast and you mm-hmm. already knew how to i mean maybe not fully but you knew how to deal with those emotions and kind of get your own get over your own mindset or negative mindset so how was it like growing up and then having those negative got feeling moments that kind of hindered you like really hindered you for music
1: i think it, it it's like baptism of fire right like you you go in there knowing that there's going to be haters and people this and that but yeah. and not only that but like you're gonna suck you like, i had moments where i was ass, you know i say i had yeah. moments where i was i did, had shitty performances and right i had i've had a performance like we'll talk about college i did a show at the um ethnic cultural center it was like a for it is it was an open mic and it was a really good open mic yeah <laughs> and like it wasn't just like a plain jane open mic it was like uh at the ethnic cultural center at uw seattle let's just say it's like it's like the college version of like night at the apollo or, you know what i mean like people will boo you off stage um it's just a, a mixed group of people from all over seattle that do this open mic every week
0: yeah.
1: and i remember doing it and people were just not vibing with it. They didn't outright boo, but they just weren't feeling it.
0: Right. And, and you know the vibe at that point, yeah. just off of a crowd.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that shit just makes you just want to quit. It's like, yeah. fuck, like, I'm not, I must be ass. I must not be good enough. But yeah. again, like, um, like Lauren Hill, her first big performance, she got booed at first, but then she picked it up and she became better. And um, my first performance in high school, people were like, oh, you're all right. And in first performance in in middle school, I remember doing Alicia Keys and people were saying I sucked. Every time people, you know, told me that I was ass, it just motivated me to come back better and to show them, to prove to them that I am worth something. Mm -hmm. And part of it too is because that was the only thing that I felt like I had worth in.
0: Yeah, how do you, I mean, maybe you can't pinpoint it, but like, how do you necessarily work that muscle? Because, you know, there's plenty of people that I can think of where it's like, who can kind of, relate to you and be like oh yeah I remember being a middle school kid who tried out every different hobby whatever just trying to find themselves and the voice in their head was strong enough that like when somebody shot them down and was like oh that's not you like they just Mm -hmm. kind of crumbled and moved on to the next thing Mm -hmm. like do you think because music has played such a huge role in your life way back then that like it was nearly impossible for you to let go like what's what was your mindset like, how did you? Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, it is similar to that. And I think uh, looking back, so people like to say all the time, um, you know, you're so talented, so, so, so talented, this and that. Right. But I think that discredits all of the blood, sweat, and tears that happens in the background. Like, you, you might say someone's talented, but you don't realize they spent hundreds of hours on the piano practicing that, oh, uh, thousands am, of hours sure. singing. Yeah. So you know, I think being an, an introverted only child all I would do is play music. i get home and all I would do is music.
0: Right. Literally
1: hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of music. And just in my room singing, in my room playing guitar, that's literally all I did. Yeah. And uh, people, I mean, you still see people to this day. This is something that I still learn sometimes when I'm trying new things. It's like, you're going to suck ass. Yeah, You're going <laughs> to suck ass the first time you do something. Right. Like There's rarely anything you're going to be good at doing, even if you already have... <laughs> athleticism, even if you have a sense of something, the first time you do something is going to suck. And it's just a matter of repeating it over and over and over again until you become good. Mm. So I guess, like, my advice to people who feel discouraged that they're not very good at something, do it a hundred times. Do it little by little every day. And before you know it, you're going to be a fucking master. You're going to be really good at it.
0: Well, especially in your case, like, would you agree it's – you went wholeheartedly into it because it's like – since you go so back with music that it's like it's a part of you already. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure, I would say. I'm sure you've seen that throughout your life, especially. Yeah.
1: But it's like like you and I, like basketball was your thing and you spent so much time playing basketball. You were always trying to play basketball. Hitting yeah. me up, like doing pickup games, you know, going to the rec center, going to going out to the courts. Yeah. Like I mean you you understand what it means. Like you can't just go out in there and there play ball. Right. You have you just you have to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, like there's a therapeutic sense to it, but it's also like a childhood sense. That's why I like diving deep into that, because it's like it stems from somewhere, and sometimes it's familiar, and then sometimes it's like it brings back those positive memories that are associated with it, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Like now that you
1: say that, it's like your safe zone, your comfort zone. Right. You go there, and, and it's you, it's what you have, and it, it feels it's special. Right.
0: Um, so you mentioned this earlier. So in terms of just having mentors or role models, so you said Chester from Lincoln Park, Alicia Keys. I, I know that's a I know that's influenced your music a lot. Um, yeah. Obviously, just R and B, soul, alternative yeah. in the mix. In that, obviously, from your personal life, I know your grandma was a huge, you know, supporter as well as just mentor.
1: Yeah, um, she was. She so was, she was.
0: maybe there's more, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. So who are some mentors or just role models throughout your journey, and how have they made an impact on your life, um, with the as a person as well as the filter of of music or the topic of music? For sure,
1: I, I would say my grandma most definitely. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't understand how much my grandma meant to me, but yeah. she kind of accepted me for who I was of course, ra- yeah. rather than my, my parents telling me I need to be this and that.
0: Yeah,
1: um, They weren't really in my life supporting me yeah. because they didn't, they didn't agree with it yeah. at that point in my life, at that point in my life. It's different now, but right. my grandma did support me and she did accept who I was becoming. And I think I just needed some, someone like that to just – do it you yeah. know everyone just needs somebody to just tell you like yeah I support you I see you yeah and that's what my grandma was for me and then like I won't lie to like I started noticing that I got attention from girls doing music too uh-huh. and so <laughs> that was like an inspiration man and uh, too much of an inspiration to be honest it's like <laughs> i had a phase where i was like i'm just gonna sing all these love songs i'm hey gonna man, try to when get you have all these power girls. like
0: that i mean <laughs> i wish i could sing sometimes too. god damn
1: <laughs> yeah. and, and that, that was my way of getting girls you know so
0: that's my lane you know what i mean like yeah, I, yeah. I, suck, I suck ass at flirting so i just yeah. use my, my voice to get that but I mean, it's not outdated that's for damn sure yeah <laughs> um yeah. so yeah, who, who inspired you growing up? Let's just take a step back.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, I, I got a lot of inspiration from, from our youth group. A lot of the praise music, oh. uh, Hillsong, really helped inspire me. And I can go off on, on a lot of things. A lot of artists that poured their heart out. Uh, again, my grandma, too. And this is a lot of local... Prof- oh, shoot. This... I have a story. I have a story. I have a oh. story. So... This is why representation matters. And this is another reason why I, I, I kind of took off with music. Sorry, I, I just remembered this. Um, when I was 17, I was working with, I'm not gonna say names, but I was working at Edmonds Community College. Yeah. So I was working at the community college and uh, I had a Saturday shift and the building I worked in, it has the black box theater. Would, I was a tutor upstairs. There was a math lab upstairs where I was a tutor at. And downstairs was the Black Box Theater. And then I got off work and then I see Contagious, the performing company, downstairs practicing. And then they were telling me like, oh, you should come to the show later on. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to the show. And, you know, you and I, we, we saw Contagious, movement, performing. Yeah. So I went to go see the show and Contagious killed it. And fucking um, Lion's Ambition killed it. Lions Ambition and Lions Ambition is fronted by two Filipino guys, you know, a Black guy. I think another guy's like half Filipino and like a white guy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But seeing Filipino frontmen fucking killing it. Yeah. And like that was before they blew up, you know, their first mixtape, Fruition of a Dream. That was the biggest inspiration for me, seeing like Filipino kids fucking do it. Right. And part of us growing up is that we never saw any Asians. Especially for us, all the Asians we saw were emasculated. They didn't think Asians fit in, in media. Right. Right. So I think that's also a big discouragement for me. All I saw were, were white faces. People only paid attention to white faces. Right.
0: And that was huge too, because it's like that's on a local level too, if you think about it. But yeah. nonetheless, like that still made an impact. And that's just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Cause they were in a way, I'm sure you kind of saw yourself in them or, you know,
1: that's exactly it. And yeah. and so I will say my biggest inspirations are contagious and, and lions ambition. It was that day where I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. It was that day that I was like, this is it. <laughs> you oh, know what uh, I mean?
0: Yeah. Um. Obviously representation was one of your reasons, but yeah. what's another thing, or if anything that you gravitate towards when looking for, I guess I'm, Cause you you've talked with them like you've collaborated with some of those members, right? Yeah. So I guess you can consider them a mentor. So what yes. do you look for, or what do you gravitate towards when look when finding a mentor?
1: Heart, man. Like, uh, you know, you see singers who are full of themselves. Yeah. But like Rich, Frankie, Marlon, all those guys, they just had fucking heart, and they they were willing to share it and and bring you in, and and they were outcasts as well. Yeah. And they were able to perform, like, have you seen Lions Ambition perform live?
0: Um, probably a couple times, yeah.
1: It, it's probably so like one of the energetic,
0: lives. yeah. Yes,
1: super energetic. And again, like, they were able to channel their heart. Like, again, you see people who are technically good, and then you see people who are just so full of, of you know, character and heart that it right. just, it inspires you. Yeah, it moves you. Yeah. And that's what I, Lions Ambition was to me.
0: Yeah, I think there's are they still playing by the way? I don't Oh, no man, like not as active. Yeah. Not as
1: active, yeah. They're all doing their own they're all grown up, got yeah. their things doing.
0: And that was probably like like high that school. That was high and, school. Yeah, high
1: school, college, high school and college, yeah. yeah.
0: What's a piece of advice that the best piece of advice that you were given from a role model or mentor?
1: i think uh, the best piece of advice is to to stay fearlessly authentic and that's something that i'll be saying throughout this whole podcast man like um rich i remember talking to rich about singing and he's just like don't try to sound like anyone else you know be you just be the best you and if you listen to rich sing he's just him it's just his voice he doesn't sound like anybody else and i think everyone's trying to and it's kind of relates to anybody listening to this right now you're, people are always trying to compare themselves to other people, huh. not realizing that they're going to be the best them. There's no one else in their lane. They're going to be the best them. Don't try to be somebody else. Right. Just try to be the best you. You know what I mean? So I think that was probably some of the best advice I've ever gotten from my mentors.
0: And so, kind of using that, obviously, you, you've evolved a lot as a person and as a musician. Um, so, have you, my first question is, have you found yourself in not necessarily a, an official, mentor role but have you found yourself in that role in that role yeah, yeah yeah
1: i i have luckily and i love it um i mean being a boxing trainer right now i have uh, a, a clients 18 19 years old who are going through some shit and um a lot it's one thing like i have ethics as a client like i want it to be someone i vibe with obviously course. someone who fits my style if again with heart, if you come in with a lot of heart, you don't have to be the most athletic person, you don't have to be the most coordinated. But if you come in with heart and you have that that energy, that fire that's burning inside of you. And I can see that that fire in your eyes, like like I, I love being able to to work with youth like that and become a mentor for them because it's really controlling the chaos. And as a young kid, like I had a lot of chaos that I had to learn to control. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what I use music for to control that chaos. And that's what I use boxing for right now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I thankfully am in, have found myself in mentorship roles and that's what I've kind of always wanted to do. And like, it goes with you as well. Like you and I, I think we both like that
0: role. What do you think drives and inspires you today? You think that what, what drives you to continue doing this now? I think, I don't know how to
1: put it in words, but what really gets me going is seeing my fighters, my people um, getting more confident in themselves and to discover things about themselves and to, to start getting it, to get out of that funk. And like, I have a, one of my people, she was in the hospital because she tried to commit suicide. She, But seeing how she's changed from the beginning where she was just a wreck, yeah. to controlling her chaos now and finding the fire in her, in her heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? And find, finding a will to live, finding momentum, you know, getting out of that, like there's, it's such a beautiful thing. And whenever we work and she gets it and she moves, it's incredible. It feels really good. And that goes with my other clients too. Like it almost feels like boxing is, is a therapy session mm-hmm. and people are discovering themselves and their bodies and they're, they're finding peace. in in something so violent. And um, I think a lot of, myself included, uh, people think that, oh, I need to be good. Uh, I need to be good at what I do, I need to be good morally. And I think that holds you back because there is duality amongst everybody. You have to face your dark side, you have to face your demons, you have to be both angel and demon, yin-yang, you have to find the balance. And I think being able to show people that you can use your demons so you you learn how to tame your demons is a beautiful thing
0: and you mentioned boxing now especially which is interesting because it's like i mean this is kind of how i'm seeing it like you mentioned earlier that when you do start something new like it's just like it brings out a new process like it brings out another side of you that you're exploring and i think it's really cool just to see how You've kind of taken that mentality that you discussed earlier and it seems like you've applied that pretty well to just boxing in general. I mean, we don't have to get too much into it, but like just knowing that you've been boxing for, you know, probably what, five years now, maybe almost
1: about four. About four, yeah.
0: And it's really interesting that like since you gave that background about music and like how your approach just seems very similar to how you've approached boxing. Like Yeah again like you just didn't give a shit what everybody thought and it's like you found that connection with you in boxing and then that led from you to you know just getting into it as a hobby all the way to you've had actual official fights which is really crazy to see because it's like from you know from my perspective it's like man what the hell does this guy not do like <laughs> you know what I mean? for sure which is just crazy um So kind of going off of that, let's just recap. Like, these are very just general questions, but you probably mentioned a few, but let's just go at it. So what's one thing, what's one life event that you're most thankful for?
1: Man, that's hard. uh,
0: hmm. And it can speak on just as a person, as a musician, as as a coach, as a friend. It's really just open for interpretation. I'm
1: thankful for it. Oh. Hmm. I think the biggest change in my life is weird for something like this to be thankful for. Yeah. But I think the biggest shift in my life happened when my dad got cancer.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be good, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. No, if, sorry. If you don't mind expanding on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, my dad wasn't in, in really in my life for the majority of my childhood. And he was kind of borderline, you know, how Asian parents are borderline yeah. abusive yeah. with their, their kids. Um, and we didn't really have a relationship until, you know, he had cancer.
0: Yeah.
1: And when, you know, we all thought including himself, that he was going to die, everything shifted for us. Dang. He stopped working. And when he stopped working, that's when I started working, obviously, yeah. at, at Miss Community College. And he started spending more time at home and becoming a, a different person and, you know, becoming, you know, more in my life. Yeah. And he had more time to show me what it was like to be a man. Yeah. I had to deal with the fact that this was somebody who I was afraid of and, that, you know didn't like that much, like facing him and kind of becoming a man myself because he he was frail and weak and I had to learn how to become a man myself.
0: Yeah.
1: And my whole life shifted, man. Like, I feel like that, that triggered the entire, everything that happened um, with, with music, with performing, with creativity. I feel like you have to really learn how to deal with a trauma like that. When you feel like a loved one is going to die.
0: Right. But I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that kind of gave you a, a hard reset on like what you think is the most important life, which is exactly, which is, yes. I mean, it's obviously that's a really hard thing to take in mentally and, you know, as a family and everything. But I think it's just interesting how you kind of took that and, you used it as fuel or just as an inspiration to be like, Oh, I'm going to push myself yeah. to be better. Cause it's like, you know, obviously your relationship with just your loved ones is really important to you. And that kind of, 100%. this just fueled you to be, you know, better in whatever way you choose to be. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like a forced push. You know what I mean? It's like a, you, you have, you have no choice, but to, to, to live differently. You have no choice to have, like you said, a hard reset right. and yeah. like, everything that the most thankful things is I'm happy. Like I'm thankful that I got the shit be out of me in yeah. boxing. I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, the breakups that I've had have been so profound in, in ways of my growth. Like everything that's knocked me down yeah. literally and, you know, figuratively has, right. has helped me so much. Right. Yeah.
0: What is one of your most favorite memorable defining moments or events in your life?
1: And I want to say my last fight uh, off the top of my head, that's what I can think of because I was able, after that, I feel like I just walked around differently. I stood differently. I feel like I was able to have confidence in myself as a man Mm. and um, as a person period, like I was able to prove to myself that I can do it. Um, And I think I, I am such a different person now. And that's partly due to boxing and the confidence I'm gained from it and knowing that I can stand up for myself.
0: Right. I also think it's cool because it's like you're you're reinventing yourself. Obviously, music has been a huge part of your life and obviously it's always gonna be there. But I think it's just interesting how it's like you kind of took the back seat, if you will. I mean, maybe not fully, but that's what how I see it. Like you've kind of taken the back yeah. seat on it. But it's just cool to see the beginning of your boxing career if anything how full force you're going at that and like you're relearning the same lessons but also learning new ones and then it's also for like sure. a reminder for yourself it seems like that like oh like i am great like i am powerful whatever that you yeah. you know that you need to re-experience so if you had one opportunity to change your past would you what would it be if anything i don't think
1: anything right now i think like like i said everything kind of led to who i am developed developing into and like right now like i really like who i am turning into you know what i mean like I, i like i like who i'm becoming and this is the first time in my life i could say that
0: yeah
1: you know what i mean and so i'm really thankful for that
0: how about a time that you want to relive
1: oh man there's so many moments I think about, though, like I miss the summer times we had um, when we had no care in the world. We weren't working. We just kick it till like 3 a.m. 4 a.m. You know, I, I miss old times with friends, man, especially right now, because we can't oh, really yeah. gather sure. in groups.
0: And it just adds but... another layer of our issues. Yeah. For sure. yeah um, what's one thing you're missing in your life right now? going out damn, that's real the
1: uh, i think about it so often man i i i wasn't going out very often i didn't go to the clubs really but like now now i just want to fucking go to a club and get drunk (laughs) and it's like i thought i was over it but right now that sounds like the best
0: thing ever i want to get fucking sloppy drunk and uh, just do a lot of people that is (laughs) and just go out Yeah. yeah um what are three things you're most thankful for right now?
1: Oh, man, well, first thing is is my friends and family. Mm. Um, you guys have helped me keep, helped keep me afloat. Help. So that's the biggest thing. I think other two, I guess, cliche, but probably uh, music and boxing, because mm. those have been keeping me busy and allowing me to express myself and allowing me to be myself.
0: Yeah. Um... So just kind of going over everything we've gone through, what's one lesson or piece of advice that you would give someone who may be going through the same thing you're struggling with or have faced? Yeah. What's just general, just generally, like what's one piece of advice that you can kind of recap? Yeah, uh,
1: be fearlessly authentic. Like whatever it is that you you feel in your gut, in your heart that you want to do, just do it fearlessly and just be you. Don't try to be like anybody else because if you, the, the more you continue to try to be like other people, the more you're gonna hate yourself for not being like that. Mm. And the more you continue to work on yourself and understanding who you are, becoming aware of who you are as a person, the more you can love yourself mm. and the more you can become more of who you really are. And if you, not necessarily play on your strengths, but like play on what makes you feel good, feel happy, feel whatever, um, you know, there, you, you can't help but just feel um, good because you're you're doing what you yourself want to do rather than trying to do what other people are telling you to do.
0: God, that's so... Something that's like... <laughs> that's awesome. Um, the part that really hit me, I mean, maybe it's personally too, um, not even necessarily... Like, I like how you said it's not even just playing to your strengths. Which a lot of people would agree to because, like, I've heard that advice so many times. But I think it was just awesome how you have that perspective because, obviously, it's based off your experience. But, like, playing off of what makes you feel good or just – and, obviously, that's coming from a place of, you know, you've been rejected a few times and whatnot and you've been pushed down. But, like, it's really refreshing to hear that you kept going for it and didn't care what anybody said. Like, we're just – it keeps going back to that, which is awesome because it's like that obviously has driven you to make do bigger and better things. So, yeah. It's...
1: And if I could add, add on to that, yeah, it's course. like as kids, like I don't think you and me, like I don't think we realized, like we thought, oh, it's not reasonable if we do this things. It's just going to be a hobby. We'll just put right. it off to the side as a right. hobby. But like I'm literally making money making music and yeah. boxing,
0: which is fucking and nuts. So, That's awesome.
1: everybody was listening to this follow your passion do what you love to do because no matter what you're going to be getting paid for it yeah. and you're going to get and not necessarily money but you're going to you're going to get rewarded
0: not necessarily right away either and not necessarily right away it, it's
1: been a long journey it's been a long ass journey yeah. but it's it, yeah you it's rewarding it's it's fulfilling
0: well yeah look at the fruits of your labor now like you know what i mean Hey guys, hopefully you really liked that episode. Personally, I thought it was great considering how transparent and genuine Michael was. So big thanks to him. And also don't forget to follow me at of underscore lemon at Twitter. All right, see you in the next one.